Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. God help those who get caught in the tourist trap. Tourist Trap, where beautiful young people looking for excitement are tricked, terrorized, suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Something crazy is going on at the tourist trap. Today's installment to Tubi Tuesday, in which I highlight a film currently streaming on Tubi TV, takes a look at the back roads supernatural slasher Tourist Trap, a film that wears many influences on its sleeve making for a unique slasher cocktail you won't soon forget. Released in 1979, Tourist Trap is directed and written by David Schmoller and co-written by J. Larry Carroll. Tourist Trap begins familiar enough for a slasher. A group of friends become stranded near a remote roadside museum when their car suddenly breaks down. Of the teens, the late and great Tanya Roberts is the most memorable as Becky, though the rest of the cast are appropriately naive and prone to long bouts of screaming for their lives to get the job done. Upon exploring the museum, the teens meet Mr. Slauson, played by Chuck Connors, the proprietor of this now-defunct museum who agrees to help them fix their car. But it doesn't take long for the teens to be stalked by a mysterious masked killer who has telekinetic powers that allow him to control his vast collection of unnerving mannequins. What truly sets Taurus Trap apart from being just another post-Texas Chainsaw Massacre backwoods slasher is its unique blending of the supernatural and absurdist humor. Our killer, who the film crew affectionately named Plasterface despite him having no name in the film, has telekinetic powers, he isn't simply slashing and bashing these teens who have entered his Taurus trap. Before we even see Plasterface, we see what he's capable of. One of the teens explores a nearby gas station to seek roadside assistance. He hears whimpering which leads him into a back room of the station only to see the only person there is a laughing mannequin. As he grabs for the door handle in terror, the door slams shut, locking him in the room as the mannequin laughs incessantly and windows begin opening and bottles fly across the room. More mannequins suddenly emerge, laughing as the teen attempts to dodge projectiles until he's finally skewered to the door by a pipe. It's a surprisingly effective first kill as a majority of what makes it so unsettling is the controlled chaos that ensues. The camera quickly cuts between the mannequin's deranged laughing, the teen scrambling for his life, and items sailing across the room, steadily increasing their accuracy. 
This scene shows us that Plasterface likes to play with his victims, not killing them at first, rather enjoying invoking as much fear as possible before adding them to his collection of victims. And while Taurus Trap isn't an especially gory slasher, what it lacks in practical kill prowess, it makes up for an atmosphere in its wild and weird, John Waters-esque dark humor. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. For starters, the film periodically uses what I can only describe as cheesy, 70s passage of time music, which I found myself taken aback by. Initially, a very jarring musical choice, but when compared in contrast to Plasterface's nasty nature, its use is very disconcerting as if solely chosen to impress upon the viewer that these teens are being played with for the killer's own sick and twisted amusement. Plasterface will often lament how pretty his kidnapped victims are in his strange, croaky, drawl voice moments before smothering their face with plaster, adding them to his collection. In one particular scene, he dines with one of his mannequins, making her talk and having a full-on conversation with him before her head flies off, to which he bemoans, having to fix it. And while it adds an absurdist tone to the scene, it's no laughing matter when we get a look at Plasterface himself. Donning a frightening plaster mask in various outfits and makeup, the drag qualities of his personality rival that of Toby Hooper's Leatherface, who serves as a clear inspiration. Plasterface's other clear-as-day influence would be that of Brian De Palma's adaptation of Stephen King's Carrie in his harnessing his telekinetic powers. But he does more than simply hurl objects across rooms. No, to Taurus Trap's credit, the film is never one note in its portrayal of Plasterface or his abilities. If anything, it consistently heightens the tension and horrors of his powers. He has the ability to throw his voice to other areas which he frequently utilizes to lure unsuspecting teens into his grasp. And then he uses objects around whichever room he's lured his prey into without lifting a finger to incapacitate them. One particular victim makes the mistake of taking a scarf from one of the mannequins and wraps it around her own neck, only for Plasterface to use his powers to tighten the scarf around her neck, subsequently choking her to death. These scenes where he utilizes his powers often include the camera quickly cutting between the cause, him moving his eyes an indication he's using his powers, and the effect, uh, killing someone. Now I want to break down one of the strongest performances in the film, but to do so requires me to delve into heavy spoiler territory for the end of the film. So, be warned, spoilers are incoming in 3, 2, 1. It's eventually revealed that Chuck Connors' character Mr. Slauson is actually the killer, which isn't necessarily a surprise given how increasingly odd his behavior becomes throughout the course of the film. Simply put, Chuck Connors is fantastic as the split personality killer who relishes the hunt of his prey just as much as he does the actual act of killing. There's a scene where he coats one of his victims' face, which might be an all-time slasher kill, based solely off of Connor's performance. Moments before beginning to coat her face in plaster, he softly caresses her cheek and matter-of-factly states, you're so pretty, it's a shame you have to die. And rather than ending her suffering quickly, he takes his time. Talking about how she will die from fear long before suffocating, he tells her that the plaster will burn her skin, deliberately coating the perimeter of her face before covering her mouth nose, and eyes, and as he does so, he says, your world is dark and you'll never see again. It's an incredibly disturbing scene that isn't overly reliant on practical work, in fact they use cheap pizza dough for the plaster, but it's all Connor's ability to unnerve with simple but very dark dialogue. 
Now, in a director's commentary for the film, director David Schmoller said Chuck Connors had hoped to use his role in the film to reinvent himself in the 80s as a Boris Karloff-style horror film villain. And despite going on to have a multifaceted acting career, as well as playing both professional basketball and baseball, which actually made him one of only 13 Americans to do so, he never quite became a staple of the horror genre. The horror fan in me says this is a shame given how memorably unnerving he is. However, the movie lover in me is glad to learn his career in film and TV spanned 40 years, which isn't a bad run by any means. Taurus Trap serves as a creative deviation from the norm, a cocktail of influences from better films, but makes for something unlike the witch we'd become accustomed to. And you know what? This weird vision of backwoods lunacy is executed on with far more purpose and drive than its low-budget nature would leave you to believe it'd be. Making this a supernatural slasher that everyone should give a shot while it's streaming on Tubi TV. And that'll do it for another installment of Daily Horror Habits ongoing Tubi Tuesday segment. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review and next Tuesday for another Tubi TV offering. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you guys next time.